The Rod and Staff podcast comes out of the host's passion for Christ and his church. It exists to encourage a deeper engagement with issues that pertain to doctrine and life. Check us out at rodandstaff.org. Welcome to this episode of the Rod and Staff podcast. I'm your host, Jason, along with my co-host, and friend Roger, and we are here with another episode. Um, actually, one uh, a fun one that we like to do almost every year. If we mm-hmm. haven't, I think we've done it at least once a year, where we talk about different conferences that we have recently attended. So I'm looking forward to hearing from Roger. I'm not sure if he's looking forward to hearing from <laughs> me, but it'll yeah. be a fun episode. Um, just kind of thinking through some of the the cool conferences that we get to go to. Um, but I'd like to open up Roger with one of those questions that we like to ask. Mm. And this one, I think it's a simple question. Do you have a favorite hymn or worship song that's kind of like a go-to for you that you just enjoy and, uh, yeah, it's a blessing to you. Great is thy faithfulness. And the reason is I remember when I was in seminary in Mm -hmm. a small chapel and we would sing that song. And it was a time of life where single, didn't have a lot of money, mm. didn't know what I was going to do, didn't know how I was going to pay for the next semester, didn't know if I could pass exams, mm. didn't know I was going to make it through. And every time we sang that song, I was reminded and watched God work and be faithful and was reminded of his faithfulness. And I always look back and think that always takes me back to those moments where we would sing the truth mm. and then... I saw God's faithfulness, and I just love focusing my mind on that hymn, <clears throat> all on his faithfulness to us sinners. I love it. So, how about you? That That's definitely one of my favorites, if not my favorite, and you said it, so I, I can't say that, obviously. Um, but <laughs> And that's a, a great kind of background to why, why it was so important to you. Um, so I, I'm going to give one hymn that's like a favorite, but then I'm going to give a verse of another hymn that's probably my favorite Ooh. verse of all hymns. Okay. Okay. Is that okay? Yeah. All right. I'm, I, we make the rules, right? So we can do that. We that's do, cool. and I hope Hyke is listening. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he does these songs, I think, yeah. so it's good. Um, but my my one of my favorite hymns is Be Thou My Vision. Okay. And I, I love that, that hymn a lot. And uh, it's just been meaningful and wanting that to be true, that the Lord mm-hmm. be our vision. Uh, but there is a verse in... It is well, or okay. when peace like a river. My my favorite is that. I think it's usually the third verse. My sin, oh the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part but the whole, is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord, oh my soul. Yeah. Love that verse. And some tra- some translations or versions they change mm. that. Yeah. They don't get, get rid of the word bliss. Yeah. And I'm like, no, <laughs> bring it back. Uh, so, yeah, I love that verse. Well, Raj, we uh, both of us in the last couple of months have gone to uh, some conferences. Mm-hmm. And so we like to, to have an episode where we chat about it and, and talk about the good points, the highlights, the things that we were blessed by. And mm-hmm. maybe encourage our folks to check out a conference or two if they get yeah. a chance. And hopefully we'll be get, get back to putting on some conferences and they yeah. can just 
come to ours. But anyway, uh, you recently, so back in October, mm-hmm. you said, attended a conference on biblical counseling. Can you just give us a little background as to what the conference, uh, you know, who puts on the conference, what the theme was, and how it's formatted? Sure. So the conference <laughs> I went to this year was... Uh, here on the West Coast in Santa Clarita, so it was nice and close to me. Nice. And this is the ACBC conference, the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors. Um, if you think of uh, uh, the biblical counseling, there's different large organizations. I've talked about CC. CCEF, mm-hmm. which is on the East Coast, mm-hmm. um, and they put on an annual conference, which I usually go to, but this year I decided to go to the conference here because it was local. Sure. You didn't have to travel. So they have a theme every year, and they bring uh, a, a lot of people with a sold-out conference. Nice. A lot of um, uh, lay people come to that. Um, who are just doing counseling in the church. A lot of uh, people who become certified biblical counselors are there. Um, So a wide variety of people, uh, some academic. I know you go to more academic-focused conferences. Mine uh, tend to be more uh, counseling-focused. This year's theme was called Living in Active Biblical Counseling and the Sufficiency of Scripture. A great title or a great theme to have. Um, just like most conferences we go to, they bring in uh, main speakers, plenary sessions mm-hmm. uh, on that main topic, and then the breakout sessions that you can go to and you can choose from, you know, 50 to 75. I think there were different ones wow. uh, during each day. Um, so give us the theme again. So it's called Living and Active, mm-hmm. Biblical Counseling and the Sufficiency of Scripture. Okay. And so can you summarize kind of the basics of that theme that they kind of tried to address. So they were trying, they were looking at um, uh, the sufficiency of scripture Mm -hmm. in different aspects. So they had different people, which was unique as the main speakers. Mm -hmm. I would say only one or two were actually known in the biblical counseling world. They had others who um, were were people that were either professors or uh, names that were connected to others. Do they normally bring in one speaker? Is that how it typically is? No. So they had, it was, uh, I think it was, uh, it went to, Six speakers, six main. Six uh, plenary speakers? Six main, yeah, speakers. So the uh, head of ACBC is Dale Johnson. So he opens up the conference with uh, um, his topic, and then they go to other speakers on the different times of the day. Um, uh, They were basically trying to look at biblical counseling and make an argument and make a case for why Scripture is sufficient to handle all the problems in life that we face. And make a, uh, as, as Dale Johnson said, I'm drawing a line in the sand, hmm. um, which um, I think the line has been drawn in the biblical counseling world before. And uh, <laughs> we all agree on sufficiency of scripture for counseling. He's just drawing and it again. He's, he's outlining it in, it in a different you know, way. With black marker. <laughs> it's okay. I think we knew that, but uh, just looking at the sufficiency of God's word, the sufficiency of Christ um, uh, to address uh, our problems. Nice. Um, Great. Yeah. And and were, you, you went off to how many total breakout groups or seminars were you able to go to? I think I went to about five of them. Nice. Five or six of them. Um, I have to say the breakout sessions were more helpful to me than the main sessions. Okay. 
often the case. Yeah, I think that main speaker, they, they always try to do something new or try to just, you know, they, they talk in a way that doesn't make like real street level connections. And a little more general, a little more abstract sometimes. General, abstract, and then some I just I disagreed with. I, I wrote a blog post on this. I, I you know, oh, there was a, did I miss that one? Uh, you probably did. I read your review, book reviews all the time. Oh, so I okay. guess maybe since it didn't say book review, I'm like, eh. Yeah, I didn't care like, about the, <laughs> the, the, uh, the review of a conference. A conference. So, I'll so I, I won't spoil it all for you, so you have to go and okay. actually read it now. But one of the ones that um, I interacted with that I thought I – uh, disagreed with or thought was interesting, as I put it, was Abner Chow. Oh. And he did uh, on common grace and the sufficiency of scripture. Hmm. And so the first time I ever heard him, I've never okay. uh, listened to him before. He's the president of the Master's University now. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, very well-educated, very smart, mm-hmm. you can tell um, by the way he speaks. But I think the way he approached common grace was extremely confusing and he approached it in a sense of looking back into Genesis. And, um, uh, you know, there's a, a lot I wrote in, in, in the blog about how his approach to common grace and what he thought about it. Hmm. Um, I agreed with him when he said scripture is always right. But what he seemed to be doing is saying that scripture is always right and you don't need anything else hmm. was my kind of conclusion um, because scripture is sufficient, but it's not exhaustive. Mm-hmm. There's limits that we can learn from common grace. And there's a lot we can learn outside of scripture that, that God teaches us. Um, but his application of it to biblical counseling was not connected to me at all. It was just an argument of, of, uh, you know, just common grace is, is something we believe in, but it's not something we want to rely on too much. We want to be careful with it. It was just interesting how he went about about it. Mm-hmm. Um, he was making the big distinction of, of uh, general revelation versus special revelation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, general revelation found in God's creation and special uh, found in God's word. Yeah. But he didn't want he, he was kind of putting aside what was found in creation and just arguing no it's the bible's enough for everybody it's enough for us it's it's all in here but i think that again he missed the point that in god's common grace and in what he teaches us we can learn a lot yeah that can be applied to biblical counseling so that's interesting and of course the the question always with biblical the issue of sufficient, the sufficiency, excuse me, of scripture is the sufficient for what, right? Correct. What's the telos? What's the intent? <clears throat> What's, what are we saying it's sufficient for? It's certainly not sufficient for, you know, understanding, I don't know, nuclear physics. I don't even know if nuclear physics is a thing. I'm just throwing out <laughs> terms that I've heard before. Uh, it's not sufficient for understanding, um, cooking recipes it's not that because that was never its intent (laughs) that's not what it's for yeah so we'd have to go what's what's it what does he mean it's sufficient for what and that's where it was and he tried to talk about false conceptions of the of common grace Mm -hmm. and connecting the sufficiency of scripture but i just felt like they weren't uh helpful arguments for me interesting i left it more of i don't quite understand where you're going with this and and you know with big speakers people uh get really excited about it and you yeah. know, it's, oh amazing and i'm just yeah. like uh, it's for me I, 
I came to a biblical counseling conference. Yeah. You have to connect it to biblical counseling to make this helpful for those who are attending. And that was missing from it. Um, you know, I, there was, yeah. Interesting. Tell us again, where can we go read your blog? Only true hope.com. So, so only true hope.com. I write book re- reviews, books I read, and this was just a conference review. Yeah. Um, uh, I did. Um, that way they can go read that whole thing. And yeah. So, but the breakout sessions were great. I mean, perfect titles and great speakers that came in that were helpful. So give us a little sampling. What, what are some that you went to and enjoyed the most? Two of them, um, one was Rush Witt, who is a newer author I've been reading, Longing to Escape, How the Psalms Identify and Help the Common Urge to Escape Hardship. Mm. And he just walked through, he wrote a small book on this uh, topic, but just walked through how we all want to escape. We all seek to escape from the hardships or trials. Um, and then he explained different ways. You know, we deny, we distract, we deflect. And then death, suicide is a way to yeah. escape. But what I loved what he did at the end of it is he said that um, we need to point back to Christ as our ultimate hope. And we need to be careful with what uh, motivates our heart. And he distinguished between the law and the gospel. Mm. And he said... You know, just the basics. The law says, do this and live. The law brings threats, but the gospel is the good news. And the gospel is good news with no mixture of bad news. Simple. But how often does the law get back into the gospel? It's, yes, all the good news, but now do this. Now you have to and not making the distinction. But um, he posed a question, what role does the gospel play in your counseling? And I just thought, what a great approach to look at it and to remind us. And I thought, you know, that that distinction is not really big in this uh, this world of uh, the ACBC world okay. that I have seen. Yeah, I've seen it more in the CCF because they're more in the Presbyterian understanding. Um, ACBC is, I don't know if I can blanket generalize them, but yeah. most of the people are, are coming out of maybe the more dispensational. I mean, there are, you said the word again. I know. I thought the last episode we said, we're not, we're not going there anymore. It's your fault. I didn't say a word. (laughs) I didn't say a word, but the other one I wanted to bring out that I thought was really helpful. And then we need to talk about ETS is Mm -hmm. uh, Brad Bigney. Uh, he did one helping your counselee to confess, but not obsess over their sin. Ooh, so good. And what I loved oh, about his session, great. the only bad thing about his session is he wasn't live. He had to record it, mm. but it was, it was a great recording, but he just, he talked about how to deal with sin in counselee's life. I mean, we all have remaining sin, but how do we make the distinction between conviction and condemnation? And then brought the gospel right back in and talked about how the spirit convicts that doesn't condemn us mm. and to be careful with the self-examination and how to help those that we talk to about. So I just that thought, sounds great. It's helpful. This, this is the kind of stuff I came for and I'm grateful I went, even though there were some things I thought in the main sessions were wanting. Sure. Um, I left with, uh, yeah, some good content, some good help and yeah. reminders. Um, and saw a lot of people I know. I know a lot of people uh, in ACBC from, from former professors to my former advisor mm. and just friends. So that always makes it enjoyable. Yeah. So. Well, that sounds great. And, and uh, the common theme 
for you is when they're making the gospel clear and mm -hmm. central, you know, that's going to be a, a good session generally. Yeah. <coughs> so very good. That's exciting. And um, any other conferences coming up this year? Or not this year, I guess, but this fiscal year? I don't know. Yeah, I think that <laughs> uh, CCF actually did their annual conference the week or a week after or two weeks after. Oh, um, it was on the East Coast, and with my schedule, I couldn't couldn't fly out there. Oh. That was on trauma, Ooh. and so uh, how to handle. That would have been good. Yeah, I thought, yeah, and they've been putting out quotes from it. I thought, oh, yeah, there's probably a lot of helpful, but the Lord only uh, only had one opportunity this year, but felt like it was he didn't want you to have any trauma in your yeah, life that's true roger yeah so. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy uh well that, that's we should probably talk about what, what you've been up to well in november it was a busy month hmm. and uh and i i got to go to two conferences yeah. in november and the first one was um the uh, uh I don't even remember how they titled it, but it was it's the Reformed Baptist Pastors Conference. It's okay. I think it's Scar B or something, Southern California. Maybe that's the association. Anyway, Southern California Reformed Baptist Conference, uh, and they uh, for the last number of years they've j basically just taken one chapter of the mm -hmm. London Baptist Confession and worked their way through it that year. So mm -hmm. I've I've gone the last couple years now. This year it was chapter nine on free will okay and it was great it was i don't know something like eight or nine sessions <laughs> just working our way slowly through the confession as well as um just kind of theologically thinking about the topic of free will okay and uh they did a great job there were um there was one kind of main plenary speaker charles rennie i think was his name okay um and he did a wonderful job just kind of walking through some of the theological. Mm. Then they had a, a, I don't remember his name now, but he did practical theology, kind of some practical implications okay. of that, of the topic of free will and the conversation we were having. And then some of the historical stuff was done by James Renahan and his son, Sam Renahan. Okay. And they did some fun things as well mm. to kind of set the whole context for the conference. I, I, it's always I'm saying always. I've gone twice. Okay. Both times felt very edified, very encouraged, uh, challenged. Uh, Pastor Hyde came with me this year, nice. and he really loved it. Okay. I, I've never seen him so giddy. He, he, he <laughs> really great. enjoyed the conference, <laughs> which I was really happy to see because yeah, I know he and I have gone to some conferences in the past, and we've just shaken our heads and okay. not been very happy with it. But this one was not like that. It was really great. Um, then I went off to the following week, I flew out to San Antonio mm -hmm. to, uh, go to, um, the evangelical theological society annual conference that I go to each year pretty much. Um, and th this year the theme was, uh, anthropology, biblical anthropology, oh, okay, doctrine of man stuff. So it was, uh, overall one of my favorite uh, okay. I've gone quite a few times now, and, and this time I, I enjoyed it, I think probably because I was a little more strategic in the way I attended, mm. <coughs> excuse me, the panels. So the way it works is uh, they have a morning and afternoon panel, okay. which includes usually, it's like about four hours each, and okay. four different papers are usually read, each of those panels. And um, 
This year, I did not actually read a paper, which was okay. better for me. I just enjoyed <laughs> it instead of reading a paper. But um, instead of jumping around like I often do, just kind of picking each paper that mm -hmm. I'm interested in and going back and forth, I tried to sit in on the entire panel. Okay. So get four papers that are related uh, mm -hmm. overall thematically. And so, like, for instance, the first one that I went to Tuesday morning was on Christian nationalism Ooh. in Christian history. That was the theme overall. In Christian history, interesting. So the first one was about kind of the Puritan view of nationalism and asking, would they agree with some of the huh. nationalism that's going on, you know, today? Um, another one was on um, Francis Schaeffer's view of okay. kind of nationalism. Another one was interestingly on did Abraham Lincoln have a nationalism, <laughs> which at first I was like, what, what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> but it did relate, uh, in, in terms of trying to understand this idea of <clears throat> really church and state, um, issues today. Obviously there's this rise of Christian nationalism Yeah, and I don't like it. Um, <laughs> Did they related anything to like Trump and his presidency of being an influence to that? So they, I know Trump was mentioned <laughs> a few times, but more so some of them were directly taking on some of the reconstruction stuff, okay. the theonomy stuff, and particularly um, the book that Stephen Wolf wrote on Christian nationalism. I don't know what the title was. Mm -hmm. Uh, Stephen Wolf's, I think his brother was there in the session too, which I thought was interesting. Oh, wow. um, and they were trying to address uh, just whether this kind of nationalism is biblical. Should Israel of the Old Testament be used as an example of what hmm. government should look like today? Should we be advocating that kind of a, yeah. a, a, a theocracy? And I thought they did a pretty good job of looking historically and uh, identifying some pros and cons in different ways. Um, yeah, so that was a great panel that I went to. I also got to go to, just looking at my notes here, another one on some of the church-state issues and really kind of a two kingdoms okay, question. Yeah. Um, should the church be trying to trans transform society yep. or do we understand the church and the state uh, or, or the church and the, the world as two different kingdoms and <clears throat> how do we how do we understand that so that was interesting I heard Daryl Hart give a paper oh yeah um, I've heard that name he was at a yeah at a different conference I'd heard his name he was presenting yeah and that relates by the way to the issue of social justice okay should should we advocate um, more social justice types mm -hmm. of things is that the church's job? Should Christians care but not make it a church issue? Um, like, in other words, is that part of what the church is supposed to do or is that part of what Christians do as they're being transformed by the Spirit? Now they go and live a certain way. But when we make it the church's job, does that become hmm. um, something that it shouldn't be? So I thought that was an interesting question. Uh, Tim Keller's views were kind of taken on. Yeah, because uh, he's big in that Because he was, right? yeah. So that, that was another great one. Um, another one, by the way, another paper in that that other panel on this or these issues, social justice and stuff, um, was a paper by a guy, I can't even pronounce his name, but an Old Testament professor, Bune was his last name, on looking at justice in Isaiah hmm. and did a biblical theology of justice in Isaiah. Did a 
pretty fantastic job. It was really interesting um, to, to listen to. Anyway, so there's, yeah. No, I know there's always like at ETFs, not always, but there seems to be those like controversial yes. <laughs> papers that come up or something that sticks out and says, Oh, you do believe that happened? I think was it, was it last year where it was the one with Fesco and Piper yeah. that panel? And then and I attended that one. That was fun. Yeah. Was there anything like that this year? So this year there was, but I didn't attend oh, it. No. <laughs> and, and I just, it, I don't know why it's just not, not all that interesting. Well, okay. I take it back. I attended another panel that related to it okay but not the big one the big one that that i think was kind of big this year was um people talking about william lane craig's view on adam okay remind me what's that so he he does not well basically he seems to affirm some version of evolution okay yeah, I remember and that. he so he'll he'll talk about like um neanderthals and things as being non-human species and he talks about the fact that at some point, one of these hominids um, was particularly endowed with some spirit. Now, Adam and Eve, like they're, they're basically in line with all these other hominid huh. creatures, but somehow made distinct. Um, so it's just kind of a, I think, a strange view. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that he also denies original sin somehow in that work now don't quote me on that i didn't attend this the panel nor did i read his book but it is something that it was big and and so people took it on i went to another panel that related to it where it was a panel on inerrancy and how the question of adam and eve Mm. is connected to the doctrine of inerrancy and um, i listened to a couple papers there that were interesting and they did bring up (coughs) William Lane Craig's view uh, in the papers. So that was, I think, the big one. One of the big ones, at least. It's so interesting. They're presenting papers. Yeah. You know, and, and and it's just, the presentation is very different, right, than, oh, than other conferences. Like, feels like you're back, not, not back in school, but just, in a sense, it it's dry. That To me, it's very yeah. dry, right? Because you're just trying to follow their thought. You're not actually getting an interaction with the speakers. So for our re- for our listeners to understand, the, in, in a conference like this one, the academic one, the ETS, not the Reformed Baptist one. That yeah, one was yeah, more like you know, the ones that you're aware of. But in an academic conference, for the most part, you're actually reading your paper. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're not presenting in any other way. You're not preaching. You know, some are a little better and more dynamic, but for okay. the most part, you're literally reading uh, either the entire paper or portions of your paper. Wow. Uh, so when I've presented, I mean, that that's what I've done. I've gotten my paper or chapter down to 20 minutes or 25 minutes or whatever, and, and I read it, stopping to breathe, basically. That's it. Wow. You just kind of... And the listeners are there with that in mind. They know that they're going to yeah. listen to a paper read. Uh, we all kind of wish we could have the paper in our hands. And some presenters do give you the okay. paper. <clears throat> Others don't. They give you a summary. Others don't give you anything. I never gave anything. Um, and and so you're listening. Like one of so my favorite, by the way, panel that I attended, uh, I, we promise not to use this word anymore, but was on Baptist covenant theology. Ooh. And it was... Um, progressive covenantalism okay. presented one paper. Then 1689 federalism, another mm. understanding of covenant theology presented another paper. And they were kind of talking about areas where they 
overlap and agree okay. and areas where they think the other should do more work, this mm. kind of thing. It was very ironic. It was, it was actually theology done well, in my opinion. Okay. And then the third paper in that panel was actually a Presbyterian writing about his sense of Baptist covenant theology. So kind of, he said, peering over the fence, like your, your <laughs> Presbyterian neighbor peering over the fence. And I thought he did a fantastic uh, job. Um, and then the, the last part, by the way, was a, a, a panel discussion okay. where all those guys and others discussed. And that was a really helpful hmm. panel. So I loved staying in on the whole panel. That helped my grasp hmm. of things. Um, yes, you're, it's not for everyone. If you, you know that you don't, you fall asleep yeah. during a regular sermon, this is probably not for you. Um, the plenary sessions are also kind of take it or leave it. Yeah. I actually didn't attend some of them this year, which normally I attend. Um, best part for me, other than the some of these papers, is interacting with yeah. other uh, brothers and sisters there. Got a chance to spend uh, time with one of our dear friends, Lee Irons, and my brother, uh, Michael Matosian, that both spoke at our conference last year. And uh, that's always great and edifying. And we grow as we talk through different papers that they attended that I didn't attend and vice versa. So were there any bigger name or not bigger names, but uh, like well-known theologians that were there presenting or you know? um, a lot of them are there. I mean, Fesco, uh, was there guy Prentice waters, um, okay. was there, I got a chance to, uh, be in an elevator with him and tell him that I liked his book a lot. And he's very gracious. Ask for a signature. <laughs> I, I didn't have the book with me. Otherwise I would have, uh, Oh, you said picture or no, signature? signature. Yeah. Yeah. yeah signature. Yeah. I should have done a selfie with him. Yeah. Um, who else? I saw Al Moeller walking around. Oh, I didn't go to man. any of his papers. Um, I'm assuming he did present, uh, who else? I mean, uh, I'm sure Wayne Grudem was around because he was going to present somewhere. He seems to always be there. And I remember the one time I went, Okay, he was there presenting. And I forget what it was, but it was there was no room to go in. Yeah. It was so popular. And we were just kind of out the door. So I didn't get a chance to actually hear him. Yeah. Um, he. I mean, some of the great, Vern Poitras, you always see walking okay. around. Such a, seems like a wonderful guy. Um, I l listened to a paper by uh, John Collins, an Old Testament scholar. Okay. Yeah, there are a lot of these guys. Uh, Yarbrough, I can't remember his first name. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know uh, the last name. He was, he was there. He's Gary? A, maybe. So they're, they're all, a lot of guys that you read their commentaries, like they're there, they're presenting. And by the okay. way, they're just like everybody else. They're giddy going to certain panels. And That's great. It's kind of fun. Um, yeah. So, oh, I met, I should have said this. Really cool. Uh, I got to meet um, Craig Keener. If you guys, if you know the name, he's a New Testament scholar. Okay. Wrote the inter, uh, IVP uh, backgrounds Bible commentary, okay. and got to chat with him because wow. uh, we were sitting together at, or standing actually together at an event. So, a uh, very gracious man. I don't. I know I don't agree with everything he's even you know, believes, but it was just a wonderful time with these these scholars. Ken Birding, who spoke at our retreat a couple oh, years he ago, was okay. he was there. Um, and then I, I think uh, I've mentioned some of our friends uh, since coming back that I, I got to sit in the airport with J.P. Moreland okay. for like two <laughs> hours. We chatted. It was That's great. pretty cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, I like the conferences where you can actually talk to people that are either presenting or they're part of it. Yeah. Like even in the ACBC, I went, uh, being able to see uh, not the main speakers, but everybody who's there is going to different ones and they're just interacting. Mm. So uh, yeah. I appreciate that. CCF does the same thing. They're just down there and you get to see people and they're just normal people like everybody else. Yeah. They're not a celebrity. They just are there to learn and grow too. Honestly, what I love about ETS is they are definitely not a celebrity because they're getting picked at, right? So they True. present a paper yeah, and, and it's have at it. And so um, you'll see, uh, I, I saw a picture, one of our good friends, Arthur uh, Asadurian, okay, <clears throat> posted yeah. a picture of JP Moreland was presenting the paper and he had a picture of William Lane Craig standing up asking a question. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So you get these moments like that. Yeah. I love um, <clears throat> I love going to the same paper that Lee, uh, Dr. Mm. Lee Irons is going to because he'll often ask a really cool, interesting question at the okay. end of the panel, uh, kind of picking at mm. things. And uh, so it's, it's great. It's a great environment when you're presenting. It's a little bit nerve wracking. I'm sure. Um, because you just don't know what yeah. question will be asked. And often I, I was, I thought to myself, I mean, I, I they, they'll ask questions that I, I have really no answer to, but that's okay too. Um, so it's I would a lot be of fun. there and, and be like, I don't even understand your question. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to answer. What are you asking? <laughs> I answered yes. And they're like, it wasn't a yes or no question. I'm like, Oh yes again. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Well, um, any wrap up, uh, Raj from uh, your, your thoughts on conferences in general that maybe you, you want to share? Go to them. Go, go to them. <laughs> yes. No, there, there's a lot of conferences put on by either larger organizations, smaller churches, mm -hmm. um, all around the country, but, uh, there's a lot of topics to go to and encourage that as believers were, we're always learning, always growing, yep. and conferences are one way to help us to do that. And then if you go with somebody, it makes it even more fruitful because then you get a chance to interact with the content you're receiving. I had somebody go with me that it was just great just talking about yeah. the sessions, talking about life outside and, and the topic outside of the church and just being able to have that connection and growth too. So yeah, um, yeah. definitely recommend going with people. It's a, a lot of fun to debrief, like yeah. you said. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rod and Staff Podcast. Again, we invite questions or topics that you might want us to cover. And uh, we're looking forward to the holiday season and a new year. Mm -hmm. And we'd love to tackle new and exciting topics. So feel free to send them to us at feedback mm -hmm. at rodnstaff.org. Until next time. If you enjoyed this episode of the Rod and Staff Podcast, please subscribe and share with others. For more information or to contact the host with questions or comments, please send email correspondence to feedback at rodnstaff.org. That is feedback at rod, the letter N, staff.org.